Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm lovely. Very excited to be on your talk show today. Talk show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just thank you for, for being the guest on my podcast, as always. <laughs> Um, so today we had great plans of, you know, watching a series and talking about something much longer Mm -hmm. than a movie, but like usual, we watched a movie at the last minute because it's been two weeks since we've uploaded anything now. (laughs) Yeah. So we decided to watch the Netflix original movie called Tick, Tick, Boom. It's actually a musical. So, you know, it gets extra points for that. It does. Um... And if you haven't heard of it, it was in the top like 10 when we decided to watch it. It was like maybe number seven or number eight or something. Um, it's a newly released musical film rendition of... Holy shit, I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Jonathan Larson. Of Jonathan Larson's musical called Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know who Jonathan Larson is, he also wrote Rent, which is probably by far his most known production. Um, I did not know that the writer of Rent died like the morning of opening day of Rent on Broadway after everything he like goes through to get a show written on Broadway, which is largely what Tick, Tick, boom talks about um he never sees it he never gets to actually see it performed on broadway then because he dies that morning of like a brain aneurysm or something i looked it up yeah Um, yeah i also didn't know that at all i also (laughs) like you know this is something i should probably be more like i don't know more attentive to but like as much as i enjoy musicals i don't really delve into the like people who write them or you know they write the music and stuff like obviously i've heard of people like stephen sondheim but like i still don't know anything about his life for example either except for the things i've learned in this film (laughs) um but like uh yeah i didn't know either just but to die so young is so it's so sad and he i mean his youth was gone anyway as we learned but yeah, a very like persisting <laughs> theme throughout Tick Tick Boom is the idea that the the main the main character who's John Larson or, or you know an actor portraying John Larson um is turning thirty in less than a week or in about a week from the start of the film <laughs> and it's like he, the way he perceives that is like his youth is just ending he hasn't accomplished anything his life has been a waste and yeah. as two people in their early thirty <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who you know can can relate to having accomplished nothing in their lives exactly um, you know, we can feel that <laughs> yeah i know i was like oh my um and that's the whole, the whole first song is about like you know all of the bad things about that uh which is kind yeah, of which is kind of funny but um yeah i liked that theme a lot um and there's a lot of like comparing himself to especially sondheim and people who got their early starts, you know, like, I think he said, we find out that Sondheim was 27 when his first musical like hit or whatever. Um, yeah, but, I think. Yeah. But, but so like my, my understanding of uh-huh. the Netflix version of tick, tick, boom, is that it's like, 
a movie rendition of the muse of a musical called Tick Tick Boom that was mm-hmm. written like as a a Broadway or or theatrical production. I don't know if it was ever on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so, but they're like very similar. Like they didn't change anything in the storyline. Like it was portrayed in the movie basically the same way that it's portrayed in the musical. Kind of yeah. like maybe with a few small changes that you have to make to adapt it to screen. Right. But it's the same story, basically. Right. And, and the story is like a sort of autobiographical. Yeah. Because it's John talking about his experience writing his first musical, which was called Superbia. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the name. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody else seemed to understand the musical. <laughs> no. Um, so it's, very interesting like uh, idea for a musical to like write a musical about the process of writing a music <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that was interesting too because i'd I, i'd not heard of tick tick boom before but um they were showing like clips of it at the during the credits at the end um and it seems like it they did take a lot of things kind of like beat by beat because like obviously andrew garfield who's playing john larson is wearing like the same clothes and like doing the little funny dance on the on the set and it's it's very much like a one-man show autobiography and they kind of say at the beginning they're like you know all of the facts uh, are all all of the um events are true except for for what john larson made up or whatever <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> so it's um it's a very interesting concept and like to get that um yeah i wonder how big it got and that's something we could definitely have looked up but i'm too lazy at this we point have. but um it would be I, interesting to know like how far that went as like yeah. a one-man show i did actually go far as far as like reading a couple of online reviews of like the netflix version of tick tick boom to uh-huh. like because at first I wasn't sure if if Tick Tick Boom like if this was a musical that was you know per- portrayed exactly the way the musical was portrayed because it kind of like jumps around a little bit and I was like did they just do this you know for the yeah. movie and I looked it up to like kind of see and it had very positive reviews um kind of like people acclaiming it as like you know a very fitting tribute to John Larson and. It, like you could see that they they mentioned that um in the big uh where they're at the diner for Sunday brunch and it turns into a musical scene. Yeah. Eight of the people in that scene and I did not realize this were like famous Broadway actors yeah. who came on you know to kind of pay tribute to John Larson. So that was kind of cool. I didn't realize that when I saw them. I probably thought, oh, they're good singers and <laughs> kept watching. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely recognized some of them. And I was like, and the way that they were kind of making it a big monumental thing, I was like, oh, this must be like, the people I don't recognize must also be very important as well. Um, yeah. But that's a cool thing to do to incorporate them. And I was surprised, like, I, I so Andrew Garfield, who plays John Larson, I've only ever seen him in non-musical things so my like for example he was um spider-man in one of the spider-man films so like you know that's my my thought of him and when i first saw him i was like he looks so much like andrew garfield but i didn't know andrew garfield could sing and then i look and like andrew garfield has like several tony nominations has done like all sorts of musical theater and I was like, oh, shit, like, this is a, a legit <laughs> casting choice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i sure that all of them 
like they must all have at least some experience in singing before doing this film because or not all of them but the main ones because they all had amazing voices yeah but i don't think i'd ever heard of any of them well did you recognize the girl who um or woman i suppose who who played caressa she was like the lead female singer when they were doing superbia no, was should I have? <laughs> so that's um, so that's Vanessa Hutchins, I think, is her name, and she was like the lead female in um, High School Musical. I'm pretty sure back in the day. I think I saw a High School Musical ever. No, uh, it was big back in the day. I mean, like, yeah, I remember it being popular, but I don't remember watching it. Oh, <laughs> then you wouldn't have recognized her then. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I thought that I recognized the woman who played Sarah because she yeah. looks a lot like the woman who plays Evie from Lovesick, but it's oh, not her. No, no it's not. <laughs> yeah, her name is Alexandra Ship. Yes, um, which is not the same woman who plays Evie in Lovesick. No, it's not. <laughs> they look very similar. She was, however, did you ever watch Love Simon? No. Or X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Apparently she was in those. <laughs> um, I've seen one X-Men movie, like, accidentally one time. I went to, like, I think it was probably <laughs> you. Like, we were just probably looking for a movie to watch at some point, and that one was screening, and we are like, oh, let's go to that one. Accidentally. <laughs> you know how we used to be. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally ended up in the movie theater one time and saw an X-Men movie somehow. As you do. As you do. <laughs> Maybe it was one that we like snuck into after paying for the first movie. Yeah, we used to do that. A bit. Yeah, we used to do that back in the day. <laughs> I would still do today if I had the ambition. Oh man, I haven't been to a movie theater since before the pandemic started. Oh, <clears throat> I don't even remember what that's like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have been back. I've also been back to the theater. The theater. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. It was nice, though, to, like... Because sometimes with musicals, too, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because it is nice to see them in, like, you know, a big fancy production and, like, have that all-around sound type of feel. Um, Yeah. But it was still great watching it here. Like, I thought it was... They did a really good job, like, making making it, a like, an interesting musical to still want to watch, you know? They did. It did. It adapted very well to the screen. And, of course, I'm saying that as somebody who never saw it. (laughs) on the stage but i thought like it it seemed like it flowed very well as a movie (laughs) yeah but um and i i have seen like so john larson's you know biggest known performance is rent and i've seen that live and i've seen the movie of it five thousand times right and and i like them both like that one adapted very well to a movie as well so maybe john larson's style is just it adapts well to to film yeah i think the run movie adapted very well to to film yeah his um genre bending style apparently yeah (laughs) and you can definitely see similar themes between in tick tick boom you know they talk a lot about it being the early 90s and well i guess rent is more like this is it like the 70s it's still 90s i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh man as somebody who's seen it five thousand times i should know that but like <laughs> they both deal a lot with like 
um, similar themes. Um, there's a lot of crossover, even similar names, which makes me wonder, since this one is sort of autobiographical and like his best friend is named Michael and then there's character Rent whose name is also Michael. Yeah. Like if, you know, it's named after that person would make sense then in my mind. <laughs> yeah. 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 There were a lot of, there were several things when I was like, huh, is this like actually representative of like what they did? Or is this just to make it sound, you know, like to make those connections? Like, for example, at one point, um, Jonathan Larson calls Michael Pookie. And I was like, Pookie. Uh, and then like the answering machine, Michael's, or Michael, uh, John Larson's answering machine is also like a several person saying, speak. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know that there would have been any specific direction as to like what the answering machine should say in, yeah. you know, the screenplay. So maybe they did do that just as like a call to rent. Yeah. And then as you were saying with Michael, the character or the person, um, he is kind of like an embodiment almost of like both um, uh, like Michael, I guess, and Angel. And what's the um, what's the guy's name who worked in like corporate um, Ben, Benny, buddy? Oh, ben, um, yeah. Ben, Ben, Ben. ben. Is that it? <laughs> Good. What happened to Benny? Yeah, okay. <laughs> His heart and so, the he once pursued. Yeah, it's Benny. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it kind of like we could see that wrapped up in a couple different characters. And as you're saying, yeah. like themes, there's, um, uh, it's, they talk about the AIDS epidemic as well and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that's probably the most like prevalent overlapping theme yeah. between the musicals. Yeah, that and like the the persisting idea of like youth being wasted or or ending at far too young of an age. Yeah, and I think in the movie or in in the musical slash movie Rent, you know, there's that same idea with the character who is trying to write a song. <laughs> and, yeah. and and in Rent, it's like he's writing a song about needing to to essentially come back to life to be with um. Mimi. Mimi, thank you. Wow, yeah. my mind is blanked. Um, <laughs> in Tick, Tick, Boom, it, like the main character's writing a song having to choose between like pursuing his career and the woman he loves. Um, yeah. And so like, there's a lot of very like similar themes that I think they, he drew on when creating Rent that you can see in Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's true. And it was cool. Like, it does make me wonder if, like, they'll try to... Because I assume that the song, the couple songs that we heard from Superbia were actually songs from Superbia. So I'm wondering if, like, there's going to be an effort to try to remake or revamp Superbia. Like, this <laughs> this very much, like, futuristic, um, uh, a post-apocalyptic, whatever. No one could figure out what was going on type of show. Oh Everybody thought it was like aliens. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, no. <laughs> like, I think in his mind, in like John Larson's mind, he's predicting like a, a black mirror esque kind of future where like everybody mm -hmm. is glued to their phones because this was written in you know before the early nineties or at least started writing yeah. before the early nineties. Um, so there weren't cell phones back then, but he was like foreseeing a time where we would all have individual screens that we would just be like glued to watching the Uber rich, you know, kind of live out their life. Which yeah. <laughs> I mean it's sort of what we have today. Look you know, Instagram oh, yeah. 
things like that. No, it totally <laughs> is. So it would be interesting. Like, I feel like it'd be a lot more relevant to bring it and, you know, try to bring it back to life and, and have it come. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder if the the songs that they sung in Tick, Tick, Boom during, like, the Superbia practice scenes were different songs that he wrote just for Tick, Tick, Boom, or if they were songs that were pulled from Superbia and put into the movie, or if he just overlapped and included songs from yeah. Superbia when he wrote Tick, Tick, Boom, or how how all of that played out. It's yeah, unclear. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because we haven't done enough research on this. We've just watched the movie and then we're like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> My you bad. didn't come here for well-researched information. Exactly. I'm sure there are tons of musical podcasts that delve, you know, very deeply into it that you could go listen to. You can um, Google answer to all of these questions just as easily as we can. <laughs> exactly. I liked the um, the portrayal of some of the the sort of things in John Larson's life, like this idea of like busting into song mid party, <laughs> you yeah. know, they made it seem like, you know, it, it wasn't just like to, to extract from the party and be like, haha, I'm a song moment. But you like later on, people are like, wow, that's so cool. Like what fun. Like, and you, you know that like people who did musical theater probably have done this, you know, just bursting yeah. out into make made up songs about whatever Bohemia yeah. apparently. That would be fun. I feel like I'm not nearly creative enough. I would yeah. be like that awkward jock guy, just like sitting in the background, <laughs> trying long. Yeah. Hey, that's all right. Not, not really understanding what's happening, but enjoying it anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very musically inclined. I can't play any instruments. I can't sing. I enjoy music. Me too. Yeah. As, as an observer only, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a participant. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Well, you can play like a couple of instruments halfway decently, and you not really. And no. you have actually acted in musicals. Well, in high school, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you have at least a little bit of experience. That's true. I have none. I watched you perform in them. <laughs> That's um, true. That counts for something, surely. It's my my role as the observer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, what do you think about this whole idea of like the starving artist doing everything and like giving up relationships to pursue? Like if you were in John's situation and you'd been working on your superbia for like eight years and then, you know, the person that you were with is like, I can't handle this anymore. I need to get a real job, you know, and they're, right. they're moving away. Like, what would you do? Would you continue pursuing your career or would you like? Oh, my God. I hope I uh, like <laughs> I definitely would choose love over a career. I would. Hope. Yeah, I would like, hope. <laughs> I can't like I mean, I know like I knew he was not going to go with her because yeah. Just like I knew that, you know, that he was the writer of Rent, so he obviously stays, you know, and commits to his his, his chosen lifestyle. But 
why would you like she was so perfect for you and she put up with your shit for so many years yeah. <laughs> and she finally like you know what i don't want to live in a trash hole anymore i got a good teaching job out by the ocean you know move there with me and you can still fucking write you don't have to give up on your dream entirely you just have to get a job to makes money as well and you can be you know uh, still also do your writing um he right. probably never would have written rent though if he had gone with her true so there's that but yeah but yeah i don't know i don't like the fact that he chooses his career over her yeah it's like you? i agree i i feel like it's there's something as you were saying like there's no real need to be in a specific place in order to write something like you can like obviously his musicals are are like set in new york so that's something but it's also like if you've lived in new york then you understand new york and that doesn't mean you need to stay to starve and waste away in order to like make it or whatever um i mean anything like maybe the stress contributed to his death which like you know that's the other thing like i was reading the wikipedia article about him and it said that like whatever type of dissected aortic aneurysm or whatever they called it like they said that it was probably um caused by like an untreated other illness that they assumed Mm. that he at this point and that if he had had that diagnosed and had surgery to repair the aneurysm there's a good chance he could still be alive today kind of thing um so he was neglecting his own health clearly in writing this so like was it really worth it you know to have produced rent i mean maybe maybe he died happy who yeah he also died alone because sarah wasn't there with him (laughs) right yeah so is that is that really happy then I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But also I get the feeling that wherever she was moving to for her job was not that far away from New York City. Like he could easily have taken a bus or a train back in if he felt like he needed to, you know, be back in the city for periods of time to write. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Berkshires. Let me see. The Berkshires. Oh, that's a little far. How far? It's like 115 miles from New York. Oh, well, that's not bad. But it's still not terrible. A couple hours. Yeah, it's like a four-hour car dra- car ride. One way? No. Uh-huh. It can't be. It's only like 100 miles from here to my parents' house, and it takes me two hours. Oh, there's I mean, a lot of traffic today. <laughs> there's a 59-minute uh, ba- uh, back backup whatever you want to say just getting out of the city (laughs) i guess i didn't consider that i'm mostly just on like open highway (laughs) yeah i mean that's (laughs) honestly yeah that's the thing that's honestly like the majority of the time so you know i i went i left the city um yesterday and the majority of like the hour and 20 minute ride was just getting out of the city oh okay which is so ridiculous but anyway i mean it's still geographically not very far but it's still like plausible that he could do it and maybe there is a train or something that would get him to and from faster yeah but it doesn't really matter because he didn't do it and he's dead now right yeah but uh yeah but yeah as you were saying it was nice to see like all those cameos from like the very perfect like you know well-known broadway people um there was also um 
I guess, was he the director of this? Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is also known for things like Hamilton, for example. Um, right. He also made a cameo. I don't know if you noticed. He was uh, one of the cooks at the Moondance I Diner. think that I know what he looks like. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, that's Lin. Yeah, I'm not good at recognizing famous people. <laughs> Like That's I have fair. to be like very intimately like know them personally yeah. before yeah. I recognize them and things. But otherwise, I'm just like my my husband asks me that all the time. He'll be like, "Oh, do you recognize that that this person? You know, do you know where they're from from something that we're watching?" And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's kind of like I, it's kind of like once once they're out of your context of the show, it's just forgotten to you. <laughs> It really is, yeah. And then, like, he'll tell me, like, where they're from, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, now I see it. <laughs> it comes back to me when they're pointed out to me, but um, I don't retain them. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, um, yeah. One of the major things we didn't talk about is, like, the name Tick, Tick, Boom, and, like, what that actually, like, what that means, what the what the idea of Tick, Tick, Boom is, and you hear it throughout, yeah. like, this Tick, Tick, tick sound and he describes it as like he is able to hear the sound of like his life ticking away and not accomplishing anything and i guess we we did talk about like you know he's getting closer and closer to his 30th birthday and he hasn't he hasn't accomplished all the things that he thinks that he should have accomplished by that point primarily writing this one damn song yeah (laughs) um and so, like, I don't, I don't know, like, what the boom part of that is supposed to represent, like, when he dies, maybe. <laughs> maybe, or just, like, yeah, that moment when youth, or, you know, life has dried up. When your youth is gone at the age of 30. Yeah. Start declining into old age. <laughs> it's such a weird thing, like, it is weird how people get so hung up on birthdays like that. You know, like yeah. some people find 30 to be the time. Others are like 40 is unconceivable. Like 50 is canonically known as the age at which you're over the hill. Um, like, it's kind of funny because I don't know. Did you feel when you turned 30 that like sense of like existential dread? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't either. I was just like, oh, cool. Now I'm 30. Like, yeah, that's fun. I mean, I definitely feel like I felt my body beginning to yeah. decline. <laughs> but like that really started at like 28 or 29 things yeah and then when when i was 30 at the end of my 30th year i started doing yoga and things started getting much better on yeah. a weekly basis things were hurting less and i was moving better so i think that right there is the cure to aging is just start doing yoga yeah <laughs> so yeah. my 30s are going to be awesome and my 40s are going to be even better there you go <laughs> And that's a lesson so to everyone. This is when I'll start being concerned. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I never. Also, I just, I, I hate the idea, and it's it's so ingrained into us by society, like that you have to have accomplished certain things by a certain age, like you have to, you know, be married or have children or own a house or have your career all figured out by you know this certain age, or else you're behind. And it's like just figure everything out at your own pace. If you get to be 40 and you decide you hate what you're doing, change your career path. Like don't yeah. just be miserable for the rest of your life, figure out what you would rather be doing and come up with a way of getting there. 
and and don't feel like you if you're not married by the time you're 30 that you've somehow failed like there are there are no deadlines by the times you have to accomplish anything right that's my thought no i agree i think that's a good way of looking at things but but, but yeah but also do yoga if you're starting to feel <laughs> exactly i mean any sort of yeah do yoga do just be active you know and don't yeah. worry about it but i understand like yeah there is a societal expectation for us to have done certain things, which I think played into John Larson's mind. Well, like he was obsessed with it. Like yeah. he was obsessed with the idea that he should have done X, X, X and X or X, Y, Z. However, however you kids are saying it these days, <laughs> he was obsessed with the idea that he should have done like accomplished more at yeah. a younger age, basically. And at that point, it's like, you can't have already accomplished more at a younger age. <laughs> like, you have to... Oh, you can only accomplish things going forward in your life. You can't just regret that you didn't write a best-selling screenplay by the time you were 27, because that's already come and gone. You didn't do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Did you... Oh, did you have something else to say? No, I was going to ask if you had any quotes. Oh. Um, do I have any quotes? But you can go with what you were going to say first. I was going to ask if you had a song that you liked. <laughs> Which is kind of the same. In general or from the musical? Well, <laughs> from the musical, preferably. But let's do quotes first, because I did identify some. So. Okay. Um, both, I have two, and okay. they're both by John. Okay. Um, you read... You reach a certain age and you stop being a waiter who writes. I'm oh, sorry, crap. Just edit that out and start over. <laughs> <laughs> you reach a certain age and you stop being a writer who waits tables and you become a waiter with a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Truth. Um, are we alternating? I'll go. Sure. Um, he uh, talks about taking a walk and he's like, through the land of the dead, the theater <laughs> district. Um, and my last one is when John says, why does it take a disaster for things to change? Uh, that one all the time. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. My last one is everyone is unhappy in New York. That's what New York is. <laughs> when, when, they, when they said that in the movie, I was like, ah, oh, that reminds me of Jamie. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know you're not unhappy there. <laughs> I would. No, but it is. <laughs> Not that you're in New York City or anything. <laughs> oh, nope, not at all. <laughs> you talked about how long it takes to drive out of the city earlier. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I gave myself away. Yeah, I figured it was it was time. We've hinted at it enough. That's true. A little bit no now. Yeah. My location remains anonymous. It's true. It's also not noteworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a small town sprinkled somewhere in the middle of New York. Yeah. But um, favorite songs from the movie? Oh, my God. I didn't write any down. <laughs> yeah. Did you write down favorite songs? So, I mean, uh, the first song was called 3090, which was fun. Um, I was looking, trying to see what the name of the song was at the end. And I'm looking. I think it might be louder than words. Um, and that's, I just liked the ending song too, because I thought it was pretty powerful because it was kind of like flashing through the audience and in the audience was pretty much everyone who up to that point had played a role to some extent in John's life. Uh, even, even that sort of like frat guy, 
Um, but like, you know, it was just kind of like showing everyone and running through and them all enjoying the musical. And I thought it was really, really good. But yeah, I guess that's called louder than words. But I think the, my favorite one to watch was like after he finds out that Michael's HIV positive and he just kind of runs off into the city and finds a piano in the middle of nowhere with no one else around and starts playing on it. I don't yeah. know what song, what the title of that song is, but that was a very like emotion filled song. It was, yeah. That one might be called Why. Okay. But I don't, I don't know what it was called. Yeah, but yeah, it <laughs> but was means, good because he was questioning like everything in that song. Yeah, he was. But yeah, so that's pretty much Tick Tick Boom. Um, very good. I would recommend anyone watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're a fan of Rent or have seen Rent at all um, and enjoyed it. It is very similar to that. A lot of same fills. The music style is very similar. It's written by the same guy. Um, so you'll definitely enjoy it if you liked Rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of sort of uh, rock music and stuff, which is his M.O. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, if you want to let us know what you thought about Tick, Tick, Boom or anything else, um, you can hit us up on Twitter at NNO Podcast. Just general life questions. <laughs> <laughs> you can send them to navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. Or you can also send us anything else you might want us to watch and discuss. Exactly. We have a couple things that we've mentioned to each other on the back burner, but uh, we're always willing to delve into more uh, things that pique your interests more. Exactly. We like to we like to keep the viewers happy. Exactly. <laughs> on that note thanks everyone for tuning in um and we'll catch you on the next on the flip um bye bye